Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent a Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, the fellow with great hair, even at my age of 30-something, bringing you another wonderful podcast. And we start with Adrian Durham on Drive, talking about Jurgen Klopp and after his four-year anniversary at Liverpool, asking the question, is he the best in the world? And of course the answer is, no, he's not. Don't be so stupid, Adrian. Just say Liverpool don't win the title this season and he leaves at the end of the season to go to Barcelona. Can he really be considered a total success at Liverpool without winning the title? Because um, he's only done what Rafa's done, if he only wins Champions League. <laughs> yeah, you could say that, but I think um, the market we're in with Manchester City and competing with them, I think it's it's unbelievable. The jobs he did at Dortmund um, and the job he's now doing at Liverpool, it, it is remarkable, Aid. It really is. The last two jobs he's had, he joined two clubs. Yeah, potentially... Potentially could be huge. But it's where he he's took them in short time. Dortmund was unbelievable. Took them to Champions League, Dortmund finals. You know what I mean? He won the title back to back. He won the double. The signings he made for peanuts. They didn't have big books. They couldn't compete with Bayern. They weren't the big boys. He went in and signed players for three million. They were kind of his big signings when he first went in. Lewandowski, 3.33 million he signed in 2010. What about that? Decent. It's unreal, Ed. I can go. Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang, he turned him from a, a winger to a centre-forward, scoring 20-odd goals a season. Uh, Royce. Uh, then he went to Liverpool, um, and he's had the success there. Remember when he, he went in there, there were six. Yeah, that first year, eighth, but he got to a cup final, they lost. Then he got to Europa League final, they lost, but he come fourth, fourth, second. This year... They're now in first place. The signings have made most of them, most of them have been a huge success and fit into the style of football he wants to play at Liverpool. Yes, he's made a, he's made a few nuggets, haven't he? Carrius weren't great, Clavin weren't great. So, But the rest of them, they've all fit into what Liverpool are about. He's brilliant. You know what? I think that there's a case to say he's the best in the world. Uh, everybody knows I'm a big uh, Pep Guardiola fan. Love the football Man City play. 
But there's more to it. When you look, take a, a bigger, holistic approach to the whole thing, to what the manager's job entails, you are the most public figure at a football club as the manager of that football club. You front the press conferences. Players do occasional ones here and there, but you front all those press conferences, pre-match, post-match, pre-Champions League, post-Champions League, all of those. It's your words and your voice and your face that's synonymous with that football club. So what Jurgen Klopp did, I went through his first ever press conference. They uh, put it in the uh, Liverpool Echo today. I went through it and I just thought what he does with that press conference is instantly clicks in to the mentality of Liverpool fans. It's like he gets it straight away. He talks about, in his first press conference, he said, I'm a romantic. He also admitted he's a lucky guy to have the job. If you, I mean, that, that will really play into the psyche of Liverpool fans. He talked about how his style was about emotion and speed. Well, those Liverpool teams that dominated Europe in the late 70s and early 80s, they were all about emotion and speed. The late 80s Liverpool team that dominated domestically, one of the best club sides you'll ever see, that was about emotion and speed. And then he plays it all down by saying, and this was the press conference he did it, I am the normal one. So he's not bigging himself up. He's not saying, everybody, look at me. His words do the talking for him. His football does the talking for him as well. It's not about him. It's about so much more than him and I think that the Liverpool fans instantly appreciated that now you've got to get the results that go with it as well but one stat I'll give you in season 14-15 that was the season before he arrived in the October of the following season Liverpool scored 52 goals last season they scored 95 goals there's one thing that Liverpool fans love it's a lot of goals and he delivers on that promise the goals have gone up every single year under him on now to the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show and Sam Allardyce, or Breadhead, as some of his former players have referred to him as. Not me. We had some players in the studio on the sports bar that had played under him and they told us he's called Breadhead. So, Sam, if you're listening, nothing to do with me. Anyway, Breadhead was saying that Manchester United shouldn't feel like relegation is impossible. Yeah, that's Breadhead for you. They went down with a t- what was supposed to be on paper a terrific team then, so it's not not beyond the realms of possibility that it, it could catastrophically fall into more and more and more problems mm. and the confidence goes and injuries stay like they are and players tend not to quite get as fit as quick as they would do when things are going well, <laughs> Alan. Point. And that's an absolute fact. Pogba, Marshall, um, etc. And the disturbance of Pogba wanting away, and um, and then who else? Who will pop up next and say, no, I, I see this going the wrong way. I want to leave. And because Man United have not got enough goals, um, you could see it going to be a struggle, and hopefully it's not the struggle down the bottom end, but they're certainly heading that way, and Ollie's got a big job. And I know you say this is a rebuilding time, and it is a rebuilding time, but you can't get rid of your best goal scorer in the in the squad and not replace him, and, and that is a, a huge problem. If he keeps losing, and we do stare around that relegation zone, you see Marino at Chelsea, you do go, and as being you've got the big man at the side, yeah? <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind Allardyce, but there's, too, there's so much... It's like gracious Sam will be laughing now. If they do get rid of Ollie, which they will if it doesn't improve, then the talk of Allegri at one point, Zidane, Pochettino. We've got more more trophies in the Red Castle than Pochettino. <laughs> people like Allardyce, he's, uh, like I said yesterday, he just puts it forward. So simple, so straightforward. This is what I'm going to do. If you're with me, let's go. If yeah. not, 
Mm. See you later. Andy, thank you. Thank you, Andy. Um, That's a compliment for me. Big Sam's red and white army. Come on. On now to a bit of comedy, as Alan Brazil was talking about the pressures of playing for Manchester United. <laughs> Did he? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Every day in training was different. Let yep. me take, Let me just go from... I, I was, I was uh, Spurs in between, but let me just take Ipswich to Manchester United. Of course, when I first got in the team at Ipswich, there was pressure. It was Bobby Robson. Mm-hmm. There was Trevor Weimart. There was Paul Mariner. There was mm-hmm. uh, David Johnson before. There were some great players there, mm-hmm. international players. Yeah. You felt the pressure. But see, when you went to United, mm-hmm. it was every day in training. Mm-hmm. You're playing against 20 international players. And every day you had to put it in. And there's a great saying, you know, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but there's a great saying with racehorses, be careful you don't leave the ability of a racehorse on the gallops. In other words, you work them Mm. every day, work them, work them. Come race day, they don't perform. Mm. And I I found it difficult to to adapt every day, giving it 100% every day. Don't forget I had a problem with my back, which I didn't know about at the time, but... It was it was it was pressure every day. Yeah. Pressure's the mm. word. Mm. Forget my back. Forget injuries. Mm. It was having to do it every day, and I'm worried about are you, are you going to make the start in a living? I'm going to be yeah. on the bench, you know. Whereas, um, you know, w- when you can relax, your ability should come out. Of course, you train hard. You yeah. give hundred percent. But when you're when you're under pressure every day, sometimes, especially if you're if you're not scoring, which yeah. didn't, well, my goal record at Old Trafford uh, is there to be seen. It, it weren't bad at all, right? But I was never playing the way I could play. But I still got a goal every two and a bit games, which is pretty good in my in my, in my head. But the pressure can affect different players. People thrive on pressure. Yeah. People fold under pressure. Correct. On now to H and J and some more magic on their show. Sadly, not with John Motson in the studio because since he was last in there, HR have said it's legally impossible to put three people in one room whose combined age is over 300. So just Paul and Andy in this clip. I'm keeping my eye out today because we, we do overlook the Thames. I'm looking, I'm keeping my eye out for the whale. The, what, the thrilling whale that's... Uh, what is it? What sort of a whale is it? It's a, a thrilling, it's a thrilling whale. Thrilled onlockers. Watch yesterday. Unlockers? Unlock- <laughs> <laughs> unlockers. Unlockers. <laughs> Thrilled yeah. unlockers. Locksmiths everywhere came down <laughs> to great. look at the whale. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be the whole well, load of them. Whereabouts is it in the Thames? Uh, uh, I don't know exactly. Spotted off Essex. The chance yes, of it it's, heading well, up well, to London Bridge yeah. is pretty remote, I would think. The experts reckon the whale could be up to 33 feet long, the yeah. length of a London bus. I don't know if they like buses. Will we get one and then another two will be following? Yeah, that's oh, nice. nice. I like the satire. I like the route you're going down. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. And to last night... I wonder if anybody ever oh, says yeah. to uh, Vladimir Putin, you've had some work done, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, can you imagine? That's not moisturiser, mate. <laughs> I don't think they, they do. probably don't. They, do they probably don't. No, no. He don't. Oh, perhaps I should go in for a bit of that. I mean, he could be. We only ever see... I mean, he. maybe they kind of treat the pictures of him. Maybe he looks like Sid James. <laughs> For real, but we only ever see sort of treated <laughs> yeah. pictures of him he where he's look nice and smooth of face. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was actually talking of smooth of face. It's me not James getting wrinkles. a visa if I ever want to go no, back. No, that's there. very true, actually. Yeah. Uh, to uh, last night's uh, dinner where we honoured. Arsene Wenger. Not us. It wasn't just us to at dinner no. to honour Arsene Wenger. <laughs> the, ch- the likelihood of that happening is fairly remote. I didn't put that in very well, did I? Yeah, just me and you. It, we had dinner and then we invited Arsene Wenger. It was- 
I'm Darren Goff, and this is Talksport Daily. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. On now to James Savundra, who of course doesn't have his own show, but still wants to earn money, so gets himself out there in the field and managed to catch up with Callum Hudson and Doy. This interview hasn't been on TalkSport or TalkSport 2 or anything, even the website, so we've stuck it on this so James can earn his money. Callum, you must be in great spirits because yesterday was quite a performance by you and the team as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that we're really delighted, obviously, to get the uh, the three points that we got. We had the right mentality from the start of the game. We wanted to get the points. We wanted to work hard for each other. And it started off really well. I think that with the goals that we got, we worked hard to get the ball back. We worked hard to go forward and get the goals. And we're obviously really delighted for the three points. But for myself personally, it was great to be back on the pitch starting again. And hopefully many more opportunities will come as well. And there's a Chelsea takeover here at St George's Park with the number of players in the under-21s and with the first team as well. Yeah, I think right now it's flooded of Chelsea players. But now it's a good thing because I think it's showing that we're doing really well at the club. Hopefully that we're getting, we're doing, we're showing the managers that we're doing really well. We want to work hard, we want to play games. Everybody's enjoying their football at the moment and it's a good feeling around the camp that everybody just wants to play and have a good vibe at the, at the club. So right now we're doing well here as well. We want to just keep showing, keep improving and keep working hard for the teams as well. And you had a slightly weird experience with the under-21s last time around, only there for a few days and then you got called up for the first team, played and made your debut for England. So is it a slightly weird feeling that you're about to make your debut for your under-21s having already played for the full side? No, I wouldn't say it's a weird feeling. I would say it's more of a, a normal feeling because at the same time I'm still 18, so... It's still a feeling of, I've got the 21s called up, now I've got to come and play. It's not a weird feeling at all. I think football, you've got to take every stride as it comes, you've got to take everything as it comes and you've got to work hard at every step at every step of the way. Of course, going to the first team and back to 21s, it's not. A, you, it should never change my mentality of, oh, I've been to the first team, I'm going to come and do this now. No, I've never had that mentality. So I've just got to come back here and play the same way I've been playing. 
on now to the mid-morning show, which usually has Jim White on it. And sadly, Jim was away, so we managed to get Simon Jordan. I don't know how we managed to do it. I think what happened was Simon phoned us and said, Oh, can I do anything for you, please? And I promise to take the plum out of my mouth. And we went, yeah, no problem. So it was Simon alongside Natalie, and they were talking fury. But he was on WWE Monday Night Raw yeah, last that. night, where he uh, confronted Braun Strowman. Yep. Okay, oh, goodness me. I don't know what you make of WWE in general, but... Not a lot. Yeah. Does yeah. this harm boxing with what Tyson Fury's doing? Well, you know, no, I don't think it does. I think it's all been part of the backdrop of building... Tyson Fury's being very, very clever. He's stealing the American market from underneath the people like Anthony Joshua and positioning himself, whether he's coming into a ring looking like Nacho Libra or, or, or he's positioning himself as something from, from a Rocky film where he's coming in with Apollo Creed shorts on. Yeah. I think he's being very clever in what he's doing. If you go back to even talking about the Rocky film, go back to Rocky Three, you see Rocky Balboa fighting Hulk Hogan in the film and Mike Tyson's done this this is all part of the business now of show business that goes around boxing and 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 what is a a sport in the same sort of category you know wrestling and whatever else I'm not a fan of it I don't admire that sort of stuff I think it's all stage managed and mm. I think that's pretty much understood but it has an enormous audience in the states so the idea that Tyson Fury is getting involved and you know getting held back—I mean, I, I find it always find it perplexing. Like a twenty-stone man is getting hold, held back by two-foot-tall <laughs> security guards. But in fairness to Tyson, I think he's being very, very clever. He's charismatic. He's got a huge amount of character. This is long gone are the days of Tyson Fury going up on stage and being booed because of his homophobic views and his slightly politically incorrect outlook on a variety of different things. This is now a Tyson Fury that looks and sounds like a superstar and mm. is being packaged that way. And it's very clever because he's taking advantage of what Joshua was trying to do, steal the ground in America. Joshua went over, they got beat by Ruiz and was trying to look to break the American marketplace. Now, you can see what Fury's doing. He's going over there to own that marketplace yeah. because he's fought Deontay Wilder. He's fought the only real meaningful heavyweight fight in the last 12 months, as far as I'm concerned, or 18 months, of real significance when you're talking about the best fighting the best. And he's positioning himself and all that sort of showboating stuff and hullabaloo around what we saw with the, uh, with the WWE on Saturday or whenever it was. It's just part and parcel of the packaging of him. I like it to some yeah. extent. But it's clever publicity, I clever so. promotion totally. for Tyson Fury. Uh, absolutely, and and really strategic thinking about where he's positioning himself. Despite the fact that we have... The, the 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 what I think are the best two heavyweights, uh, Joshua. Yes, but I have to give it to Joshua because he has been a world champion recently. Probably the best two heavyweights or two of the three best heavyweights in the world here. And You're I'm not like sure to, about it though, because I'm not. Because I think, I think Joshua is a flat track bully. Yeah. I do. I think he's been found out. I think he'll beat Ruiz, but I think he's been packaged, and I think he's been you know ahead of himself in commerciality rather than deliverability of the results he hasn't really beaten anybody as far as i'm concerned klitschko was an old man parker was i went to the joseph parker fight was a snore fest Pavotkin was a fight on the way down so i think there's a lot for joshua to prove whereas tyson fury i think is the real deal absolutely unequivocally the real deal lots to think about him i don't like but i think ultimately as a fighter he he's the one that went over and took klitschko's belts when klitschko was the bona fide world champion brought the divisions alive again and he's the one that takes fights like Deontay Wilder and has come back from all the stupid stuff that he did and the challenges that he had with his mental health, which is not stupid, I understand, but some of the other stuff that he got involved with was stupid and has come back and is lighting up the division. So I've got a lot of respect for Tyson Fury. And finally, on to the sports world. In fact, I've got uh, an email here. It's just come in. It says, uh, Dear Andy and the rest of the podcast boys, don't bother putting them in, they do absolutely nothing. 
Am I right in saying that the Midnight Train to Madness was a year old on last night's show? Yes, you were, which is why it was a special 30-minute version. We also had Mike Tyndall in the studio, and we asked him some big questions about the Royals, and we had a new feature, which was called By The Way. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that wonderful show Tom, the producer, and Alex's right-hand man have stuck in it. Let me know. If they haven't stuck all three things I've just mentioned in it, then one of them will be up for the chop. Personally, I hope it's Tom. Question number five. What happened the first time you met the Queen? Where was it? Can you remember? I know exactly what I do, but I can't tell that story. Oh, can you not? No. I'll tell you it off, state, off air, but I can't tell you. Oh, that's even I'm better. Stupid. I don't care that you can't say it on air, but you can tell us off air. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. There's so, a few we, people there. We, we'll tweet. Don't worry, Gail. We'll tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Insta. The, and very, you first, the very first time would have been when we won the World Cup. The very first time? Yeah. There's always a story about Mark Regan, and we've all... <laughs> Mark Regan's from Bristol, and uh, he's going to hate me for saying this because it's probably not even true. But uh, we walked into the room, and uh, there's a footman who's come in, and we're all stood around, and he's coming in to let them know the Queen's about to come in, and, and he's offering out drinks, and he walks up to Mark Regan, and he goes, Earl Grey? And he goes, Mark Regan, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ronnie. <laughs> What's Christmas Day like at Sandringham? What's it like? Lovely. Is it, is it mental? Yeah, look, uh, Christmas Eve is their bigger day um, because they open all the presents on Christmas Eve and uh, have a big dinner. <laughs> if if <laughs> the Queen gets out that silver yeah, no, tray. We haven't quite got out. So I'm <laughs> just in, you know, stop it, stop it. Um, but what's it, I mean, how many have you sat around the table? 26. How close are you to the Queen? Are you in sort of chucking a Brussels sprout distance? Are you close to it? I suppose you've got to be. How big is this room? 20, I mean, 26 of you. You can launch yeah. a Brussels sprout. As, I mean... Yeah. Well, hold on, you're, then, you're, you're not more than 12 sp- people away, are you? No. Okay. Well, if you think about it, Why think you? of a table of 26, yeah. and then if you're in the middle... You can hit You well, can hit everyone around that away, table with a Brussels sprout. Yeah. Do you ever sit next to her? Have you ever sat next to her on Christmas? Yes. Are you sitting next to her thinking, that's the Queen next to me? Yes. Do you pull out fifty p and just have a look at the? <laughs> just what? Just check. <laughs> like it's a portrait. Just, do you think, can you just Hang do the paper? Look I that way. I don't believe it. I don't turn believe side, it. Turn side on. Hold on. He's leaving on the midnight train to Georgia. On the midnight train. Said he's going back to find. Going right. back to find. Hello, I'm Alan Brazil and I just want to wish a very, very, very happy first birthday to the Midnight Train. Choo-choo. Just wanted to wish a very happy first birthday to the Midnight Train from me, Natalie Sawyer. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. <laughs> Shut up. Wall I was kind of hoping you could maybe do something special for this one year anniversary. Yeah, basically, I was separated first. Oh, jeez. Rule number four. <laughs> Too serious, man. We dumped it. We dumped it. It didn't go out. It didn't yeah. go out. Only the three of us heard it. So, look at Jay's uh, face. Uh, he still hasn't got the concept of the dump button. No, but, you don't need uh, to react to it. It didn't go out. 451. If your number ends in 451, you're second on the train. Look at Mike's face. <laughs> Who's that? 451? Evening, chaps. It's Kev. Hello, Kev. How are you? How are you doing? Not so bad. Good, off you go, Kev. Happy birthday, anyway. Cheers, Thank Kev. You. Thanks, you. Yeah. Thanks, Kev. I've got Kev. a very interesting <laughs> fact for you. Okay. 
it's a fetus fact. Oh, it's, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> you've, you've got to pull this back. Yeah. A fetus fact fetus to fact. start is... Yeah. No, it's fine, it's fine. It's it's fine. It sounds like something we should from. do nightly yeah. on the show, fetus facts. Okay, go on then, Kev. Yeah, what it is, um, do you know what the fetus is, is starting to grow? What is the first part of the fetus that develops? Okay. Uh, I'll go first. Is it its nose? Nope. Okay. Mike, what's your guess? I, I would just go heart. Nope. Tail? Nope. <laughs> okay. The answer yeah. is the anus. The anus. Talk sport breaking news. <laughs> what, the anus is made before the heart? The anus is the first part of the body that develops it. in the womb. No, I think you are. I agree with Mike Tindall here. He's poo-pooing it. Yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> The bum hole. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I understand what an anus is. Just in case, for those that weren't too sure. We need a bit of breaking news on that. Wow. Talk sport breaking news. Yeah, the anus is in fact. Okay, I've got to say, right, the first two calls, right, have been. Oh, so that uh, one was all right. No, it wasn't, mate. It's uh, uh, the pair of them have been absolute garbage. Yeah. Jay, it's the midnight train. No, no, guys, it's our first birthday. Guys, it's great to see no. you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike we got, you're learning stuff. Uh, uh, the anus, <laughs> not the heart. But that's it for another podcast. Indeed. Good work, everyone. Man, that was a good one for free as well. There will, of course, be another one at the same time the next day, give or take. I mean, don't bother tweeting me. Oh, it was five minutes late. Get a life if you're up at five o'clock in the morning. Only postmen and people that are cheating on their wives should be up at that time. And that's why I sleep into ten. Anyway, thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.